Welcome to the Live Leadership Podcast with myself, Leela Singh. All things coaching, career, and personal branding. This podcast is for ambitious career professionals like you, wanting to create a life of choice and freedom, to be, do, and have more through overcoming limitations, to develop new perspectives and insights, and to redefine your success, be that in work, health, relationships, and so much more. In this week's show, I want to share with you a recent episode from My Brand Live, a conversation with Kath Wynne-Jones, where we talk about finding joy within. So if you're dealing with stress, overwhelm, frustration, resentment, anger, be it at work, at home, in your relationship, amongst your friends, in your life at large, then this show is for you. In today's episode, Kath will be sharing with us how she started on her journey to finding joy within, the obstacles that she has overcome, what strategies she has used to overcome those challenges she's faced, and her three top tips that she would give to people who are looking to find joy in their lives. So let's head over and hear what Kath has to say. So today's um, live is, as I said, we have a special guest with us and it's all about finding joy within. So let me ask you, are you dealing with stress, overwhelm, a demanding career, frustration, resentment, anger, being at work, at home, within your job, you know, in your relationships, it might be amongst your friends or in your life at large. Well, today I'm speaking with Kath Wynne-Jones about finding joy within. So a little bit, a bit about Kath. Kath is passionate about living your life with purpose and authenticity, and is in equal measures concerned about the sustainability of public services and the financial and workforce challenges currently facing the health and the social care sector. She's an experienced executive coach, meditation teacher, TEDx speaker, and author. And Kath is passionate about resilience, to enable people, families, organizations, and communities to thrive in today's society. And if resilience is your thing, I would recommend you go and check out her TEDx talk on the very subject. Kath specializes in how to help busy professionals have more fun and get more done. Wouldn't that be a great place to be? So a bit of context around Kath's background. She's a chief officer of a partnership of health and social care organizations within the borough of Greater Manchester. She leads the development and implementation of strategy systems and processes to ensure the effective delivery of care through the integrated delivery arrangements. So let me bring Af in. Kath, hello there, how are you today? Hi Leela, I'm good, thank you. And thank you so much for having me today with you. It's an absolute pleasure, Kath. It's been a long time since we've had a good chat, so I'm really looking forward to this conversation. So first of all, I'd like you to, to share with me what's brought you through this journey to where you are today? I think a number of things, really. So um, from when I was quite young, I always had um, a work hard driver. Um, I was when I was 16, I had two jobs, one um, in Clark's shoe shop and one uh, pulling medical records in uh, in a local hospital. So I've always kind of grown up with a really strong work ethic. 
And um, that kind of continued throughout my life. And work became um, a real um, motivator for me and a lot of my reason for being. Mm-hmm. And um, I also have a family, uh, a family, so I've got a daughter who is now 16. Um, but at the time when she was growing up, I felt like everything was a bit out of balance with my work and my home life. And um, I started some work, personal development, back in 2000, 2011. But it's fair to say that I didn't necessarily learn the lessons. And in 2016, I was really forced to stop when I had kind of emotional breakdown just because of um, complete overwork about how much pressure I was putting on myself, trying to do everything, being a mom, doing my job, being a wife, being a friend, being a daughter. And um, it just completely brought me down with trying to do everything and trying to do everything perfectly. So um, after a period of about six weeks off work in December 2016, I started to reevaluate my life and realised that actually my work had become the place where I get all my value from, from myself as a person. And um, I really worked hard to um, change my self-belief that actually I am worthy as a person and that my career doesn't define me, even though it's a really important part of who I am. And so I spent a lot of time focusing on that and um, putting more time and energy into my home than I'd ever done before. Um, I mean, I'd always been present at home for for Emma. She was growing up in terms of physically present. I'm not sure I was always very mentally present for her, which was kind of one of the regrets that I had. And so um, I spent some time focusing on kind of like really being present at home and using techniques like meditation um, to just make me present where I was um, and then in 2019 um, my uh, my ex-husband and I unfortunately separated um, we both changed in different ways and um, kind of felt that things weren't really kind of working out and, and kind of where we both wanted to be so um, we separated and um, then I found a new distraction in my life which was um, Prosecco <laughs> So, um, I wouldn't say I was by any means an alcoholic, but certainly at the weekends, um, Prosecco had definitely become a good addition um, to my list. And and in fact, if I'm completely honest with myself, there probably hadn't been many weekends since I was a teenager, other than when I was pregnant with Emma, that hadn't had a drink. So I wasn't a weekday drinker, but certainly at weekends, it was something that was kind of really part of my fabric about a way of relaxing and a way of enjoyment. And so in uh, May 2020, um, when I decided that actually I just didn't want alcohol in my life anymore because it was becoming, um, it was taken away from my mental health, it was taken away from my physical health, that I just didn't want it in my life anymore, that I actually found I had a lot of space and a lot of time where I wasn't kind of um, feeling shattered from the day after I'd had a glass of wine and getting up late. So, 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 so let me, let, sorry to interject there, Kath. Just let me ask you, what was it that had you have that realisation about the drinking and the impact it was having? Because oftentimes um, people may not even recognize it's a problem it's an enjoyment and they they do it and it's okay and it, it carries on and it's not a problem so 
what was it that made you have that realization so it was after a bank holiday weekend um so we'd had uh, may bank holiday i've had time off with them and we'd spent time in our social bubble um we we're obviously in lockdown at the time and lockdown had become um an excuse for me not to have to go anywhere and so i wasn't regulating my drinking as much as i was doing pre-lockdown um and so um we'd had a week off at half term and uh, because we were out and about parks beach canoeing um with with our support bubble i brought all the bottles back with me as i've been out during the week and when i um when i got to friday bear in mind i've been off monday and uh, and, and i did allow myself weekday drinking when i was on holiday from work um i had 10 empty bottles on um on the, on the wall yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah on the kitchen unit and so i kind of thought this has just got to stop because it had become my go-to for mm. stress relief for enjoyment for continuing the night for um loneliness but for anything it become my kind of crutch uh, even though i didn't realize it but when i saw kind of the bottles in front of me from a week's holiday i thought kind of mm, this is uh, this has got to stop and and that took me on a completely different path because as i say i had so much time i also had quite a lot of emptiness as well as well as time there were some very negative parts about it about the emptiness that i was feeling and I genuinely, I didn't know how to replace the kind of enjoyment and the stress relief that I'd had from alcohol, unbeknowingly, um, and the kind of um, the, the kind of time that work took up for me previously. I just I had no idea how to fill my time and what to do and how to kind of bring joy back into my life without uh, kind of the use of a substance. So um, I then started on a journey about bringing joy back into my life, but intentionally bringing joy back into my life. And that's been the journey that I've been on now um, since since May 2020. And I'm, I'm kind of not perfect by any means. I'm still a work in progress. But, you know, I believe I've got some knowledge, some insights, some wisdom that I can share with people that are on their journey of taking distractions out of their life. And not just alcohol, I think the methods that I've kind of applied and used myself are equally applicable to kind of sugar, to work distractions, to alcohol, whatever it might be. Because um, I very quickly found that once I'd um, stopped drinking, that uh, sugar became quite an issue for me. So, um, so I then kind of had to reapply the same method then to sugar and how I was yeah. looking after my exercise and my nutrition. Yeah, and, uh, and it's interesting, you know, you talk about distractions, and I think unless we have an element of self-awareness about us, it's often we can quickly miss the fact that we are distracting from things mm -hmm. just by habits that we pick up. Now, that, that doesn't have to be bad habits or things that impact us adversely. They can still, there can be things potentially that are a distraction from reality, but actually, for example, going running. Mm -hmm. it's potential can be a distraction from staying at home and dealing with a situation or avoidance of something so there's there's a lot of habits and a lot of things that we do often without realizing that are a distraction from our reality whether it's in the workplace whether it's at home in our relationship the family you know our finances and we'll stick our head in the sand and we'll distract mm -hmm. or we'll do something you know i know people who for example they're going shop a lot 
they'll shop for clothes and shoes and bags and half of them you'll never see them use but it's that immediate feeling and distracting away from what's really going on which could be around self-esteem it could be confidence it's not feeling good enough but these things I go and buy them they make me feel good and it's a distraction so there's so many ways that distraction can show up and yeah and and I think it's 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 if we're not let's say living consciously or having that level of awareness to what we're actually doing and why we're doing it we can overlook it just keep going on and that's not to say it would cause us damage it may not but actually facing up to what is it you're hiding from what is it you're distracting from I've been there myself I've thrown myself in my corporate career into my job for years to distract from other things and became much more aware of it when I started on my personal development journey 10 years back. Um, so we all do it in some shape or form. It doesn't mean it's a bad thing that we're doing or it's going to affect us in our health necessarily, but it's it's opening up to that awareness. So I think that's a really important point you've you shared there, Kath. Um, and as you said, it, it's great that you recognize the impact it was having for you in, in this case with the drinking and, and impact on your health and your mental health, as well as your, I'm guessing, your physical health in some way as well. Yeah, I mean, it was at the at the weekends, I was regularly um, kind of waking up at three o'clock in the morning with palpitations, with anxiety, then couldn't get back to sleep. So it was, even though I wasn't kind of drinking huge amounts, it was still impacting on me physically and impacting on me in terms of, I just wasn't getting proper rest to recharge my batteries ready for going back to work on Mondays. Mm. Yeah. And I think a lot of people are guilty of actually throwing themselves into their work to distract Mm -hmm. from things that are going on outside of the work environment. It's Um, so, so easy. And And I still catch myself doing it now. Like if I'm if I am feeling a little bit off kilter and I know that kind of I'm there's something that is troubling me, I'll go into my emails and I'll spend hours on my emails and I'll really kind of get a lift and get distracted from what the problem was, which is a it's a good thing in some ways, but I've actually not dealt with what was the underlying thing. So yeah, um, exactly. You get such a dopamine hit, don't you, from actually mm. just responding to emails and clearing your inbox that it can be a really positive distraction. Yeah, exactly. And it's a little bit like social media. People can sit and scroll all day, whether it's TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, and, you know, get lost in it. And again, it can be a positive. It could be inspiring you, motivating you, but it's a distraction from something else. Yeah. Um, and, and I think that's a big thing coming out here is distraction is the key. What are you distracting from? Mm-hmm. Um, so, so tell me then, I mean, you talked about some of the challenges you face. What would you say are the biggest obstacles that you've overcome? So um, I've probably described a little bit about them already, but I would say um, back in 2016, definitely addressing work-life balance. So mm-hmm. I was constantly on my laptop until kind of midnight. So particularly when Emma was little, I would kind of get home from work at six-ish do tea with her and get to bed, read her a story between six and eight, and then get my laptop out again. And I'd start at eight, be working through then till midnight, and then up again at five, six in the morning. So I wasn't getting enough sleep and kind of, I wasn't being as productive as I could have been at work because I was just constantly in it. And 
and not being present where I was when I was at work. I was feeling guilt about being at work and not being around for M. When I was kind of with M, I was feeling guilty about not being at work. So I had to come kind of get over some real limiting beliefs about myself and kind of particularly guilt complex and um and kind of really focus on being present and accepting that I'm kind of doing the best that I can do and what I'm doing is good enough. So um doing doing that and, and actually kind of overcoming the fact that working 16 hours a day didn't actually make me a good leader, which is kind of what I thought when I was when I was younger and I was starting in my director career. And actually, now that I know that I'm far more effective when I've got more joy in my life, when I've got balance in my life, when I've got positive nutrition and energy in my life, and when I've actually got really good relationships with people, because I, I, I must have been awful to work with and live with at times because I was just so exhausted and so kind of burnt out. So um, my work-life balance was one of the kind of really big things that, that I overcame. And mm. then very much in, um, in, in quick succession, um, the, the kind of separation from, um, from my ex-partner. So um, we've been together since I was 16. So he, he was kind of like completely my life. And so kind of rebuilding my life and um, still kind of carrying on working and doing my doing kind of my, my director role and um, kind of managing the alcohol thing that I've just talked about. Doing all that in the same kind of time was really kind of quite quite intense and and mm. quite um, quite emotional and a lot of stuff that came up for me, quite negative stuff, quite a lot of grief that I was processing um at, at the same time and then more latterly it's been much more positive around the things that I've overcome around how I actually really put positive habits into my life but it's been a real experiment because everything in in my kind of makeup was about um work hard was about um some quite negative beliefs so actually changing my mindset to be much more positive and to start to live really intentionally has been um, something that's taken work and taken effort. But I absolutely believe that kind of joy lies on the other side on the other side of intentionality, because we know, don't we, in our work lives that if you plan to do something and you schedule it in, it gets done. If you don't plan to do mm -hmm. it, quite often it isn't going to get done. And I believe joy's like that. I believe you've got to plan in time for yourself and time to find yeah. your joy and to prioritize playtime and rest time and fun time yeah yeah and you just um reminded me actually of something I, I completely agree with what you said and I think again we're all guilty in some shape or form of not doing that because we prioritize our work and you know our commitments and not the fun that kind of just fits in where there's a bit of space afterwards and I remember um last year I spoke at a, a tech conference and the and the, and the keynote was uh, Michelle Obama. And wow. one of the things that she shared was that um, in terms of managing her day to day and her life, she prioritizes all of her family commitments in her calendar for the year before and all this, you know, the school um, events and so forth for her daughters before she starts putting in anything else. Yeah. And um, she said, I can't remember if it was two or three days a week. I think it was two. Um, 
days a week where she those are the days that she would get all dressed up suited and booted and whatever to go out and be seen and to do her interviews and any you know um uh, public engagements that she might have um on those two or three days and everybody knew that the rest of the time she was not available she'd be in a, a trackies you know she'd be relaxing and her whatever she wants to wear not being out in the public eye but then spending time with the family doing what she wanted to do mm -hmm. and enjoying her time mm -hmm. and creating that balance and it was very interesting it was eye-opening for me to hear that to, for someone like Michelle Obama of that stature and that as you know she is still prioritizing as you say creating that joy in her life and her priorities of her family spending time with the people that she wants to versus prioritizing her public engagements and her interviews and so forth ahead of everything else and then trying to slot the family time in and her downtime in so if she can do it we can all do it and it's hard so so tell me Kath what strategies have you used to to deal with this so um I've developed as part of my journey because I'm quite because I'm a strategy and systemsy person in my day job. I kind of I like to have methods and recipes and things that I follow. So um, as part of my kind of research and uh, my own experience and other people's experience that I coach, I've kind of I've, I, I believe there's five things that are there to kind of enable us to lead a joyful life. And I've developed a framework called the Joyful Life Liberator to um, help people live joyful lives. And I believe it's five ingredients. So I think the first one is you, how you embrace yourself and how you embrace others. So um, really knowing how to be kind to yourself, how to love yourself, because I think the most important relationship that you ever have with anybody is yourself. And if you don't love and accept yourself, it plays out in your work relationships, in your personal relationships. So really kind of knowing how to embrace yourself, how to embrace others and kind of be aware when you might be being triggered and kind of embracing spirituality, which has been a really important part of my, my journey as well. So um, that's the first part of the recipe. Second part of the recipe is about your ethics and how you have a mindset of appreciation, focusing on the future and knowing what you want your life to look like so that you know where you're, where you're heading. Um, the third part of the recipe, I believe, is about your energy levels and um, kind of looking after things that you would typically know how to look after. People talk about a lot about um, exercise, about nutrition, but also things about how your environment is supporting you and how you're um, getting enough downtime and enough rest. Um, the fourth part of the recipe is about enjoyment and um, really prioritising time for big things that you might want to do the holidays the big parties big events but also the smaller things like actually do you really want to go and try how to paddleboard that was one of the things that i really wanted to do i want to, I want to go and try paddleboarding and going kind of trying um sitting in a forest with a book for the day um so that's the fourth part and then the fifth part is kind of how you bring it all together so um how you um how you kind of create everyday ethics that really support you to live a joyful life and the everyday ethics bit i think is really key so um it's about knowing those things that are going to really support your well-being mm -hmm. and having so i have five non-negotiables a day that i do for myself putting those in place that you know are your kind of key building blocks 
but then also scheduling your day so that you know you've got time to do things that you love, even if it is just for half an hour or an hour a day, but knowing that you've got some time to do things that are really for you and and, and not for anybody else. Yeah, yeah. And, and tell me a little bit about how has that come together? Because obviously you said you, you're very much about processes and methodology. So is that all drawn from your own experiences of, of you know, how you've helped yourself to overcome you know the situation that you were in so it, it's come from my own experiences um it's come from a lot of research so um i'm a qualified um coach um, and executive coach with a kind of specialist interest in psychology so part of it has come from my kind of coaching qualification coaching education part of it from um my experience of clients that I've worked with and clients that I've helped and kind of strategies that have been um successful for, for them and also kind of following really great people and looking at what they do and how they um build really joyful and productive lives so um so yeah from from a variety of different places amazing amazing and tell me about your book so my book, I have a copy here. <laughs> so excited. <laughs> so I am launching tomorrow a book and a journal. Um, so the, the blue is the book and the uh, the colour is um, is the journal. And Does the journal go with the book? You, you the two work together. They do, yeah. So um the, the book is really my my diary and my journal, which I'm I'm a little bit scared about putting into the public domain, if I'm honest. <laughs> but um I'm kind of doing it because I believe that my journey um could help and inspire others. Um I've done a lot of um reading, particularly kind of on my um, sobriety journey about how other people experience kind of the first week or the first 30 days, the first year. And, and that really helped me with my journey about kind of knowing that I was on the right path and the things that I were experiencing were things that others had experienced too. So my diary is very much um, kind of my journal of, um, of the last two years and, and talks through some of the strategies kind of interspersed with, um, with my journal about things that have worked and things that haven't worked. And then um, the, the kind of latter part of the book describes my uh, framework, The Joyful Life Liberator, in a bit more detail and the things that are part of that. And then the journal very much sits alongside it in that it gives you opportunities to reflect every day on where your emotional state is at certain parts of the day, about things like what you're grateful for, your intentions for the day. Um, and then gives you an opportunity to track the habits that are important for you so that you know every day are you doing the things that are going to keep you well. And I know, I know for me, um, I am I am a writer anyway. But for me, actually writing things down every day and mm -hmm. having that accountability to myself about knowing have I done what I uh, said I was going to do and what I committed to do to myself um, really helps me in terms of keeping me on the right path yeah oh that sounds incredible incredible and, and when you said it's available tomorrow it's available tomorrow i'm launching tomorrow congratulations that's i'm so excited for you and so um people can pre-order that can they yes absolutely so there's a pre-order um there's a pre-order um link available and okay. then um tomorrow i'll be sending out the amazon link to people that have um pre-ordered and um offering some special bonus gifts as well for people um that uh 
that uh, decide that it might be for them tomorrow. Um, and one of the things that I'm doing is creating joy circles. So um, each month I'm starting now to host joy circles, which is about people coming together and just connecting, sharing and building conscious practice. So there's a number of things that I've done throughout my journey about helping to build my own consciousness that, again, I've used with people that I work with in, in my coaching practice. And it's things like kind of journaling and being aware of your emotional state and how you check in with your emotional state and knowing what it is for you that kind of enables you to access those inner emotions. Um, meditation, I believe, is so important around managing stress and anxiety. But it does take practice and it, I believe that you need someone to guide you through it initially. So when I first started to meditate, I had someone that I went to every day for the first 28 days so that he was kind of checking my practice and my experience. So um, I believe it's some kind of conscious practices like that that do need support of a community and someone mm. to help you kind of through that learning journey. And then the, how will you be running those groups? So I'm going to be running them online. So I'm going to run some online um, once a month. And then I'm going to run some face-to-face -face workshops as well. So um, I live in Bolton. So I'm going to be running, I've got a little venue that um, I have uh, hired. So I'm going to be running some face-to-face -face workshops as well. So a mixture of um, mixture of live and, um, and online events. But uh, one of the other things that I really, I'm really excited about bringing into it is, is dance. So um, for anyone that think that back thinking, oh my goodness, dance, I can't dance. Um, I absolutely had that thought. I'd, when it, from when I was little, I'd always wanted to learn to dance. And I've tried so many different types of dancing in terms of ballet, tap, salsa, as I've got older. And I've kind of just never felt, it's like, mm, this doesn't quite feel like I thought it was gonna feel. And then I found um, ecstatic dance, which is um, it's it's kind of a dance that you do when you're sober, no tech, barefoot, and um, it's it's basically just going and moving your body and letting emotions flow through you. So there's no no one's looking at you, no one's judging you. There's no choreography. You just literally go and moving your body to release emotions. And that's been a really important part of my uh, my healing journey. So I'm learning how to kind of run the events and DJ the events at the moment. So I'm hoping kind of to build that into um, into some of my work for the future. Oh, wow. That will be amazing. That will be amazing. And Joyce, great to hear, have you join us today. Thank you. And she says she loves the idea of your joy circles. Oh, thank you. Sounds great. So I want to hear more about that um, when you start running those as well. Mm. Um, so Sharon, thank you for putting in the link. There's the link to pre-order your book, Finding Joy Within It. And you can do that now and it's going to be available from tomorrow. And it's on Amazon, is it? Yes, it is. It is. Fantastic. So that is in the comments for you. Um, let me know if this resonates with you, if you've experienced similar situations to what Kath has described, whether it's within your work, your relationships, the challenges that you're facing, the distractions that you are coming up against, start to become aware of them. Have you recognized them? And what are you doing about them? And also, I most definitely would recommend um, reaching out, connecting with Kath here on LinkedIn and on Facebook and grabbing a copy of her book, which will be available tomorrow. So Kath, um, what are the three, let's say, top tips 
that you would share with us in terms of what you've learned about finding joy within? Oh, that's a hard question. Um, I think the three things I would say, um, and this very much goes back to actually my uh, my TED talk on resilience, that I think it's um, I think it's similar tips that I would give, but um, now probably in a more positive way than was perhaps in my TED talk. Um, but definitely about being aware of your emotions. So knowing how to check into how you're feeling. Um, when we wake up in the morning, that kind of half hour is generally the most anxious part of the day in terms of how our, how our nervous systems um, are reacting. So really checking in with yourself at kind of key parts of the day and noticing how you're feeling. And then kind of the second tip would be about knowing what you can do to change that emotional state. So if you're feeling anxious or stressed, actually just putting your hands on your heart, telling yourself that you're safe, that you're loved, everything's going to be okay. The, the kind of pressure that you put on your parasympathetic nerve actually takes anxiety levels down. So know what it is for you. And it might be doing that. It might be going for a run. It might be reaching out to a friend. Might be going for a coffee, mm. coffee, could be doing whatever. But know what is your what's your thing that you can go to that's going to change your emotional state in terms of calming you down or making you energized just knowing those things that are important for you and then the most important thing is about actually taking action and doing it so um for me i know i know that the biggest state change for me is exercise however I absolutely hate doing it most of the time. Really? I mean, I'd never have thought, because the amount of running I'm seeing you do. So I know <laughs> that it makes me feel great at the end of it, but every time that I go for a run, it's a challenge for me, just the first few minutes getting out of the door. So for me, it's about the taking action and know that once you've taken the action, you're going to feel amazing after it. But it's yeah. just so important that even if you don't feel like it, like for me, and I know my stress relief is, is exercise. And even though I don't feel like it, I know that pushing myself through that and kind of using the Mel Robbins 54321 and getting out of the door, that I know that I will feel better at the end of it. So really, even if you don't feel like it, go and do what you know it is that's going to make you feel joyful. Amazing. Great tips there certainly um and i i can relate to the uh the getting out the door and going for a, i mean i go walking and sometimes oh, i can't be bothered put trainers on and it's about once i'm out there i'm really glad i've gone and i used yeah. to be like that with the gym you know mm -hmm. as soon as i'm in there I'm, I'm happy but it's just the the action to get there yeah. is the hardest part often yeah i i it's something i battled with all my life about exercise i know that i feel great once i've done it i don't i've not necessarily found the love for it whilst i'm doing it all the time if i'm honest sometimes i'll go out and i'll really enjoy where i am and the scenery or i'll go to the gym and i'll be really proud of myself for what i've done but it's kind of sporadic for me whether i get enjoyment in the process or not but i know that the joy that i get after it because i know that i've done something good for my body mm. is 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 really beneficial like meditation i love meditation and that's no effort but exercise for me is something that is it's an effort but i know it brings me joy at the end of it so it's worth it that's incredible and that that really surprises me for for how much i've like seen you posting about the exercise you've been doing and to say that 
that's a big deal and that just shows the power of prioritizing you and valuing yourself enough to 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 push yourself that much more to go do it because you know the benefits mm. well done you thank you <laughs> and it it's so easy to just carry on with the, the things that we put the importance on so the work commitments the family commitments the things we've got to do the chores the tasks and we come last and that's when you know we what's the saying we can't fill from an empty pour from an empty cup pour, pour from an empty pot yeah so that's the thing is like when we want to give whether it's to our loved ones to our job whatever it might be we need to be full we need to be complete and the way to do that is to fill ourselves with joy to take care of ourselves whether it's through our health creating that time for ourselves and i think um kath you've you've demonstrated very well that the benefits and how that's turned your life around over the recent years definitely definitely Thank you much is there anything else you'd like to share with us to add before we wrap up no, I would just like to uh, thank you for having me today. I'm uh, I'm really grateful for kind of being able to chat with you and and share some of my uh, my knowledge and my wisdom. And I kind of I really believe that I'm I'm here to make a difference in the world. And for me, um, I kind of think for me it's about how I found my joy within, but more importantly, how I can felt how I can help others to find their joy within too yeah oh that's beautiful so guys if you haven't done so go click on the link in the comments to pre-order your book it will be out tomorrow and start looking at prioritizing creating that joy in your life and reach out to kath if you'd like any support with that so kath thank you once again it's been an absolute pleasure i wish you all the best with your book and your joy circles thank i want to hear you. more about that and um yeah we'll speak soon thank you so guys, I hope that has been of value for you today and you've enjoyed that. I've certainly learned something from, from Kath and what she shared there and the importance actually of prioritizing ourselves and taking the time to find that joy in our lives. So as I said, do reach out and connect with Kath if you haven't already done so and pre-order your copy of her new book, which is out tomorrow. And that's all about finding joy within. Thank you for listening. Please subscribe to this podcast if you haven't already done so. And if you enjoyed and gained value from today's episode, then do please leave a review telling us your key learnings and what you enjoyed the most. And do please share this podcast with your friends and colleagues so we can spread the word on life leadership, creating a life of choice, freedom and new possibilities. Connect with me directly on LinkedIn. And if you would like to learn more about how we can work together, either DM me on LinkedIn or email me. All details and resources can be found in the show notes.